0: This is the Dynasty War Zone, The
1: People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis
0: and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome back to the Dynasty War Zone, The People's Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Memphis, at DFF Memphis, and we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com and are proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on Twitter. And where would I be without my co host? You know him as the man of the hour, the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair at JerrySendDFF. What's going on, Jerry? Randy, talking football,
1: loving it going camping. I actually am going up north, which for those that are not from Michigan, that just means going to the nice part of the state to go on vacation uh, next week. So I am super thrilled about that because F work and F anything else. Everybody needs a few days off and I'm taking four days off to do nothing, but probably smoke some cigars, drink some beers, probably have kids use me as a jungle gym because I'm the cool uncle. So
0: Uncle Jerry being cool. Yeah, I had a couple of days off on Friday. I went to, uh, I guess, technically it's Cincinnati, but it was the Indiana Spartan race. We covered that on our Patreon show the other day. But it was good to get out. I've got an actual vacation, so I have over four weeks of vacation time. Burning a hole in my pocket, but I am taking a staycation the second week of August. I don't care if the world burns to the ground around me. Uh, so, so, so this is how how bad work has been for me. So on it's Friday, I'm on my way to Cincinnati. Um, got the the wife and her friends in tow, going to meet the, the up. gaggle uh, got, got them all. Uh, the the wife is in in tow with her group of friends. I'm going to meet Nick Whalen, and my boss has texted me, and I had to stop at one of our Cincinnati offices for about thirty minutes, and I had to basically show this gentleman everything but the secret handshake which does not exist to be able to get on a computer that's how that's how rough work has been lately but it's all good in the hood because i have got like about two and a half more weeks and then i am going on vacation and i'm not doing anything Uh, if you want to hear the stories of the spartan race and all that just become a patreon it's it's right there with all of our patreon peeps but yeah, man, it's uh, it's been going good. But I want to talk about our sponsor real quick. Our sponsor tonight is Trophy Smack. Jerry, you know that we're like a month away from redraft season. You know this, right?
1: I actually, no joke, I just drove here from my friend's house. I brought my redraft trophy with him because we decided the draft order. 12-team league. As the defending champ, I got the ninth pick in the lottery.
0: I will take it. So we, we are just getting off the ground in my oldest redraft league. Uh, Talked to the commissioner earlier tonight, Big Jim, to get him back on at some point during our redraft portion that we do every August here on the Dynasty Warzone. But anyway, back to Trophy Smack. You got to head over there and you got to, don't get behind. Don't get behind. Don't be last minute person. Don't show up at your draft and go, hey, do you guys want to get a trophy? No. Just tell them. The world wants to be led. Assumptive close. Hey guys, we're going to be getting a trophy from Trophy Smack this year. It's going to cost us about you know, 8, 10, 12 bucks a piece on top of your normal dues, bring it to the, bring it to the draft. Don't ask them, tell them, and then go to trophy smack. And then when you get your trophy in the cart, add a championship ring to the cart. Uh, then use the promo code DWZ ring, and it will remove the cost of that ring. So all that you buy is the trophy. You know, Jerry and I like the trophy with the swap top. Isn't that correct, Jerry? That is
1: correct. And listen, If you are not to the trophy game yet, get yourself into the trophy game. Taking somebody's money is super enjoyable, but the real joy is only when you take it from that person and then you laugh and you say some snarky things. When I got to go to that draft and I walked through the door playing a certain Queen song that reminded them about who I was and what I was about, the look of agony on their face was worth more than money could ever, ever purchase.
0: Absolutely. They also have belts, and you know what, uh, back in the day, about, eh, a long, I guess it's been a long time ago, uh, when The Rock was a pro wrestler and not an actor, you know, you can come in there, you can slap that championship belt over your shoulder, uh, look up to the sky, smell the air, and uh, tell them what the champ is cooking. But head over to Trophy Smack, use our promo code DWZRING, get that free ring along with your belt or your trophy, and uh, get it hooked up. And you can also find the show on both Twitter and Instagram. Now, if you want to see a picture of myself and nick whalen post spartan race you can find that over at dynasty warzone on instagram we're also on twitter and if it looks like nick is so clean it's because nick ran so fast that the dirt could not land on him to make him look dirty jerry that's how fast the man is but uh man i'm excited for camp you ready to do some camping today Let's do some camping. We're going we're going to do some camping, but before we do that, we're going to get into some news. It's going to be about a half and half show, kind of what to expect right now with with news coming out of camp and so we we got to hit the news as it relates to our dynasty league. So, uh, let's jump into some news. This is the news. All right, you got to start big. If you're going to go big with the news, you would better go with the biggest news. Tyreek Hill and managed uh, to get out from under the the both the Kansas legal system, and I guess it's Missouri and Chief Magistrate Goodell. Jerry, did you ever think for one second he'd walk away scot free without a game? No, absolutely not. Did you? I know you didn't. I, I had it at four. If you, if, yeah, you, if, you it, if you if you've been a regular listener, and and I I am not afraid to credit my sources. I listen to a lot of football podcasts, and I try not to listen. To anything but the best of the best as it relates to Dynasty and Fantasy Podcast. But one that I listen to that's football-related that I really like is a guy named John Middlecoff. And this guy was an ex-NFL scout, and he's very patched into the Kansas City Chiefs. And not only was he reporting it, but a guy, um, I don't remember his name, he, he, he writes for Yahoo.com for the Chiefs. I want to think his name is Terez or Perez. But anyway, both these guys, Middlecoff and Perez, and I'll go with that, said that this guy was not getting more than four games. So I, I heard this about six weeks ago, maybe even longer. And I was out there throwing Tyreek Hill trades out everywhere. That's someone
1: in your group messages, I can promise he is speaking gospel currently.
0: I mean, just wheeling and dealing. Up until the hour before we found out. And then his, his
1: response was only for Patreon listeners. We can't do it on this podcast.
0: Yeah, there was some coarse language. So again, I refuse to get back into the the legal situation. The person that sucks the most for is those kids. I mean, they just had twins. He's got the little boy. It absolutely sucks for, for those kids because all they know is a life of confusion and disharmony. Hopefully they can get some of this stuff worked out. I don't know. I'm not into that. I'm into the fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football aspect of that. And I'm full speed ahead on Tyreek Hill. This is why you don't overreact, Jerry. What, what do I always tell you? Don't overreact. Here's my question about Tyreek Hill though. Are you flipping him or are you keeping him? Absolutely not. I I only managed to pick up one additional share throughout this entire horrible situation. Is Andy Reid still a good offensive football coach? He is. Is Patrick Mahomes still a good quarterback and the inventor of the unit of measurement of Mahomes of touchdowns? That's 50 touchdowns.
1: He is, and young.
0: And who is his wide receiver one? That is Tyreek Hill. So why would I get rid of that? Okay, there's your answer. He's, He's 24 years old. They're talking about extending him. There was the other talk that they might trade him, which I found to be incredibly weird.
1: Yeah, I think that's just talk.
0: You know, I but, but we said the same thing a couple of, two, three, four, five, six months ago about into, uh, excuse me, Antonio Brown and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. So it's not impossible. I just I, don't yes, think it's possible. Yes, but
1: the, I mean, the Giants and the Chiefs are in two different situations, too. I mean, the Giants are not good, and the Chiefs are very good, but yeah. I... You do have the same thing about OBJ, so that is fair.
0: And the same thing about Antonio Brown, Mr. Big Chest, Mr. Big Checks. True. You know, Pittsburgh's still a contender. Sometimes you just want to get some of that knucklehead out of your locker room. But uh, Tyreek Hill, draft him as you would in redraft uh, for your upcoming redraft leagues like Jerry or I. And I think the buy window, at least the buy cheap window, is closed. Now, I will say this. I do not advise buying at his current valuation. You know I always refer, uh, re- reference our friends JP and Izzy over at the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Within, I'd say, 6 to 12 hours, out of curiosity, his Dynasty Trade Calculator value went up about 50%. He went from like a 28 to a 42 in half a day so he's back to a high-end wide receiver one valuation for dynasty not going to be able to do much with him i'm not selling if i'm a contender or even close to contending i love the guy's talent i hate the guy's knuckleheadedness but he's a baller and speaking of knuckleheads and ballers jerry who's our favorite knucklehead running back Le'Vian. No, he's my second favorite knucklehead running back. See, he's back. my favorite knucklehead. Lane. He's all a right. Michigan, Space, Michigan yeah. State Spartan. Uh, Zeke Elliott. Zeke says he's going to be traveling abroad when the Cowboys report to camp this week. I believe if I remember correctly from my sheet, Dallas reports on Saturday. They actually do camp in California. D- d- does this bother you at all? I know I, n- I know we had one Zeke share together. We traded that. Does this bother you?
1: I I mean, yes and no. He's just... He's playing the leverage game. That's all he's doing. I don't, I, I don't really think it's anything more than that. Like it bothers me because it makes you know our jobs as you know fantasy analysts and fantasy players harder, just because we have, we're sort of in the dark now and we don't know if he's actually going to hold out. And you know I'm going to get into running back holdouts a little bit later, so I don't want to go crazy. But it's, I'd say it's frustrating. It is absolutely frustrating.
0: I am done with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, In redraft, it's fine. You'll be able to draft him. Because by the time that you do your redraft drafts, he should be reporting to camp. He has to report by August 6th to get a a year of credit toward his contract and service. So I think this is a lot of uh, chest puffing. But I'm done. I mean, what was it, the last two years we had to deal with Zeke and legal matters, and now we've got a contract matter? I mean, how many headaches do you need? If you own Zeke, you're probably a contender. So if I own Zeke, something I'm going to do once we get in season, week one, week two, he's, you know, taking handoffs from Dak and running behind that offensive line, that's what I'm looking to move. Do I have to pay up a little bit to go from Zeke to Christian McCaffrey? I consider that. Would I consider taking a Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, plus a little bit for Zeke Elliott? You know what a Dalvin Cook fan I am not and what a Mixon fan I am. And you know what? I'm to the point to where... I would consider that it's just not worth the headaches. Every year you got to sweat bullets that this guy doesn't do something stupid on vacation. They're not just little headaches either.
1: They're next day after your 21st birthday headaches.
0: Yeah, like uh, the the, the whopper. So nothing against the talent. Those 16, 17 weeks when he's actually on the football field, he does well. But I honestly believe he is one off-field incident away from a major suspension is is that an unfair I, I guess? I think that's fair to say. I mean I mean he's one more altercation with a security guard um just doing something silly and he's he's a young man and I can't say I wasn't silly and a knucklehead as a young man but you know I wasn't playing running back for the Cowboys. So uh I I just can't live like I just can't live life with uh with with knuckleheaded people. So as weird as it is to say that I would keep Hill and trade Zeke, that's where I'm at personally. DeAndre Hopkins is going to start camp on the pup list. I am not concerned. That guy is tough as tough could be. He played a game last year with some ligament and injuries in his shoulder. Jerry, how tough is DeAndre Hopkins? If that dude had a peg leg and an eye patch like a
1: pirate, he would still be a wide receiver too. No, I'm not
0: concerned about him being on the pup list. Come on now. I, I These veteran guys, we're going to talk about Julio here in a minute. These veteran guys that limit their reps in camp, that's fine. We're not really going to talk much about the Steelers today. But again, I was listening to another, I don't remember which one this time, or I would credit them. A non fantasy, but yet football related podcast, and they reported that once Ben gets done doing his throwing camp with his, you know, wide receivers and running backs, where they went to like his lake house this spring, you remember this event? Mm-hmm. He won't throw a football again until training camp. He kind of sees his arm as like uh, it's only got like so many shots in it. You know, th- think of like a rifle with you know some kind of ammunition. Uh, device, whether that's a belt, magazine, whatever, clip, whatever terminology you like. And and he feels like he's only got so many shots in that thing. And he's not going to waste them in, you know, the months of May, June, and July when he knows he's going to need them in September, October, November. I think it's great. Uh, and, and And the comparison was to, you know, how tired the arm of a guy like Drew Brees looked last year who throws a ton in the spring and summer. So does any of that fascinate you?
1: Uh, No, but I do. I I think you're right on Ben Russell. Listen, we saw a we saw almost peak Ben last year, as crazy as that is for his age. So if he he knows his body best and he's a dude that fights through everything and anything. And if he feels like that's the best thing, I think it's the best thing because, you know, it's a different situation without Le'Veon Bell, without Antonio
0: Brown. You know, so just do what you got to do, big fella. So to circle this back around to DeAndre Hopkins, veteran guys like Ben Roethlisberger, like DeAndre Hopkins, like Julio Jones, if they need to take the first week or two of camp off to get right, do it, because I know that you'll be able to perform on the field once the season roll around. Uh, Derrick Henry came out on Roto World last week that the Titans plan on writing Derrick Henry this year as Henry enters a contract year. I have one Derrick Henry share. And I got to be honest, I'm actually considering going out looking for more. Am I a knucklehead? I, I like Derrick
1: Henry too. I have been a Derrick Henry guy and I really fell off him last year. Last year I thought was going to be my last straw. And then of course, you know, he tears it up. I, I don't think you're crazy. And I, now do I think they're going to run him until he pukes like they said about CJ Spiller? No, I think I think he should he should get more carries. That's what was has been frustrating for Derrick Henry the whole damn time he's been in Tennessee is you know he has been he should have been the focal point of that offense and then they give him 13 carries. In what world does a giant human being like Derrick Henry
0: deserve 13 carries? not one uh that I want to be part of but he's also the it's been proven that the more he gets the ball the better he is. He just wears down the defense. W- would and
1: you want to tackle that dude 15 no, times, 20 times? No, like that he's... 20 times, I am going to take it easy. I'm going for your ankle and that's it.
0: He's a ginormous man. No. No I'm not. And I think one of the more underrated things that kind of like a free agency nugget that went I guess really unreported or what made a big deal. They signed Roger Saffold, that was formerly of the Rams, who was ripping open big holes for guy I don't know maybe you heard of. Him. His name's Todd Gurley, and this is a team that wants to run the ball. Mike Vrabel is a run the ball, play defense kind of a guy. That Tennessee defense last year finished in the top three in points allowed. They want to keep the game close. They want to pound the ball, and I, I like I said, I'm liking this for Derrick Henry. I'll tell you, a running back I'm not liking it for is Melvin Gordon. Again, came out today on Roto World that the Chargers are pretty dug in and a contract est- extension is not imminent. Jerry, are you getting the uh, the cold sweats yet?
1: Yeah, I, I like I said, I'm going to talk about these guys later. But yes, it's it's a theme for this year is these early running backs. And Melvin Gordon, I, I'm sure I have a share along my dozen of dynasty leagues, but it's not many and I am happy about that.
0: I'm not going to beleaguer the point we covered this last week. And I think the week before it's becoming the new, uh, the new Antonio Brown story. I- I'm just holding just like I did with Tyreek Hill. I'm chilling. Yeah, don't go crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm, you're right. I'm, I'm just chilling. Um, you, he may have to be pushed down your redraft board. I think we
1: all just have Le'Veon Bell post-traumatic stress syndrome. It's and
0: it's not the same. It's apples and pomegranates. Yeah, it's, it's similar, but they're, they're actually quite different with Le'Veon being on the franchise tag. Now next year, If he decides to come to camp, play for the $5.6 million this year, he could pull a Le'Veon Bell next year. But I don't think he will. I don't think he will. But you know who I do think is going to do well this year and will show up for camp? That's Austin Hooper. Uh, His head coach, Dan Quinn, thinks he can take his game to the next level. And Hooper is going to start the camp uh, as an actual participant. There was thought that with an ankle injury, he might be starting camp on the pup, that is not the case. You know there's no bigger fan than, of Austin Hooper than this guy. That's fact. Facts of the world. Facts of the world. I actually got a shout-out uh, from my buddies, the Aussie Guys. They had uh, Kyle from the fellows on the Aussie Guys podcast, and they referenced my love for Hooper. It's just hard not to. I think Muhammad Sanu takes a step back. Muhammad Sanu actually had a halfway decent 2018 I think you're going to continue I think you're going to see one last superstar year, maybe two, of Julio Jones and then in 2020 and 2021 you're really going to see the emergence of guys like Calvin Ridley and Austin Hooper and get in on the ground floor. I'm telling you the tight end position is a dumpster fire wrapped in burnt hair. And 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 if you got a shot to get a guy young, 24 years old if I remember correctly, prolific offense Offensive coordinator that has shown a track record of using the tight end. I'm all in on Austin Hooper, Jerry. I'm gonna throw this next one to you because I don't know what to think. Philip Ren- Philip Lindsey was good to start camp for the Denver Broncos. They actually started last week because they're in the Hall of Fame game and got the first carry of camp. And offensive coordinator Nick Scan Garrello, hope I did that correctly, compared this backfield a lot to Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman from a, from a couple of years ago. Where are you at with Denver? Who, who do you like better? And if you had to only have one, who would it be?
1: Uh,
0: are we talking
1: just in a vacuum or do I got ADP in play? Because if I've got ADP in play, it's Royce Freeman.
0: Uh, yeah, well, go, no, j- j- just in a vacuum. Who do you think is more talented and will ultimately shine in this offense under Mr. Scan uh, Scangarello? I
1: like Royce Freeman better, but I do think Philip Lindsay is going to get the first crack at it in the same aspect that I like Carlos Hyde better as a running back than over Damian Williams. But the other guy is going to get the job and they will have to struggle to lose it. I I don't think Philip Lindsay is going to be as bad as I think he is, if that makes any sense. But okay. I don't think I think what we saw last year is the best we will ever see out of Philip Lindsay. It worked, he's a small man and he's playing a big man's game, and he got hurt in the one season. And I really got a feeling that's going to be a habit for him.
0: I really see this as a fifty-fifty deal. I I really do. It's going to be a little bit of both. I think both will have value. The problem is, is that you're not going to get. I think I know for a fact Lindsay was a. RB one last year in most PPR forms, and Lindsey, if not Lindsey Freeman, I believe, was an RB three. I didn't get that into my show notes, but I, I think you're looking at two guys that'll be in that like RB twenty range. Very serviceable. You know, a lot of times it's like if if you're not a wide uh, a wide receiver one or running back one or whatever, that you're a pile of trash. If you're not, but <laughs> but 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 but, but, a yeah. couple, but but a couple of running back twos, very useful for fantasy football. Yeah, not. I mean, not to the extent of the
1: the Freeman Coleman combo, but sort of like a poor man's version. I could see that.
0: Uh, my my only issue is is that the the Atlanta guys are actually on a good offense.
1: Yes, exactly. And I that, think that that's is the, the difference. That,
0: that's the downside. I, I want whoever comes out of camp, and I'll be watching preseason game as the established person who's taking control of the reception game. Here, let me get it. Let me get a follow up though. Now, one of these guys goes down in camp.
1: And it's either the Royce Show or it's the Philip Lindsay Show. How high do they jump up
0: your draft boards? So if one of them were to get, you know, pull a Darius yep. Geis and get hurt in camp, yep. and oh man,
1: are are they making a big jump, or do you oh, still not trust them? Because no, it's Denver? I, you have
0: to. Even 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 uh, even David Johnson last year on what could have been the worst offense that I've ever seen was, I believe. Running back nine or ten overall, and I'm not comparing either one of these Jay Brones to David Johnson, but I'm just saying that even on a bad offense, a running back getting the lion's share of the work can be, yeah, you you have to. I th- I think that if either one of these guys is getting seventy five percent of the touches, yeah, I mean he, we he's going to be a, be a top it, so. fifteen. Yeah, I
1: I can I mean his ceiling has to be that since that's what he did last year. You think Royce could do that too?
0: Absolutely, I, I actually think Royce may be a little bit of a better pass catcher uh, I than, agree with you. Than, than Lindsay. So I'm out of this the backfield. I hope both guys stay healthy. I don't ever want to see anyone get hurt, but I'll just be watching preseason games, you know, game two, game three, to see who's out there on third down and out there on those passing down works. Speaking of running backs that are piles of trash, he wasn't always at one time. he was like RB1 overall in consideration, but LaShawn McCoy. Oh, I thought we were going Eddie Lacy. We're not going Eddie Lacy. He's fat now. of the league. Yes, <laughs> no. Uh, Al- Albert Breer of Monday Morning Quarterback reports that LaShawn McCoy could be cut or traded before week one. And Frank Gore started camp on the N- NFI, non-football injury list, to start camp. All I got to say is it's Devin Singletary season. Fire it up. One of my most owned rookies, i uh, it's part of my philosophy. You draft rookies. I'm sorry, you draft. You always draft rookies. You draft running backs, and trade for wide receivers. I mean, I, I'm I think I got him in a lot of late second, early thirds, in the leagues that I got him, and I have a feeling that by week one, I will have a whole lot of equity that I can you know cash out if I want to. But I, I think I'm going to keep uh, Singletary. I know his combine wasn't impressive, but I liked his third round draft capital. I like the fact that it feels like the Bills want to get that young offense together. Allen, Foster, Zay Jones, Singletary. You know, sprinkle in some veterans like Gore. like John, Knox. Like John Brown. Yeah, Knox would be another one of the young guys. Like John Brown, like Cole Beasley. Let, let these older guys teach these younger guys how to be pros. And this could be a really fun, interesting offense in 2019. Are you a Bills guy? I, you know,
1: I sort of, I'm sort of a Robert Foster guy and Devin Singletary. I think Devin Singletary is one of those dudes that you watch him on film, super productive, good running back, does a lot of things that you really like to see. He has a good draft capital. He's in a situation with, you know, one guy that is 184 years old, another guy that's super old and has sort of broken down over the years. Then you got TJ Yeldon there who's never really been the guy and he's never really excelled. He's always had a good role and I think he'll have a role this year too. But he really fits the mold to take that job as sort of a sneaky guy. He's one of the most disrespected rookies really because he could easily be the starting running back there and we're not talking about him like he's a starting running back. You know, He's not in that. You know, he could easily outperform Miles Sanders over the course of his career, and nobody's talking like that.
0: If you changed nothing but some of his measurables at the combine.
1: Yeah, that that's his downside, is he, he was slow
0: for his size. Yeah, p- people would be bumping ass over tea kettle to get shares of this guy. I love him. I think he's going to have value. I think he can catch the ball better than people think, and I I would not be surprised if come week one, he is the week one starter and didn't have himself a a fairly decent sized workload. Uh, I'm gonna bunch these next few stories together because they're three wide receivers and they're all injury related. Uh, Will Fuller looks to be on track for week one. He's coming off of a mid-October ACL tear. That looks great because he'll be healthy for games probably one through three, and then he'll do something else. Um, Julian Edelman gonna miss the first three weeks of camp with a thumb injury. And Julio will be limited with a foot uh while waiting on a new contract uh i would rank these julio as the the least concerning because Julio's a badass in every sense of the word he'll be out there playing uh take all the time you need he's that guy like deandre hopkins we mentioned earlier like big ben we mentioned earlier he's a vet he knows the game good rapport with matt ryan zero concerns basically the same thing with edelman him and Tom Brady, you know, like they he, they missed four games together due to his suspension last year, and all Julian Edelman did come back and was be uh was and turned into wide receiver eight, I believe, in half point PPR last year. So no worries. And then Will Fuller, my only will my only concern about Will Fuller is what injury happens next. Anything I miss with these three guys? Nope. I Will Fuller, I love I love him
1: for the first three games I have him every single year, and that's all I get. You better, you better hope you cash out after week two, and he's got three touchdowns in those two weeks. If you've cashed out, you're playing this game correctly. If not, you're standing there with your goods flapping in the wind.
0: I actually traded Will Fuller straight up for Austin Hooper in a tight end premium league. Ironic. Easiest
1: trade you ever made.
0: I, I, ironic, uh, ironic twist of fate, as it were. But yeah, we're on the same page with those guys. Uh, and Fuller is one of the handful of guys that's really on my do-not-draft board for redraft this year he's a golden domer I, i'm an indiana boy i uh, don't love the irish but that's the that's the the team of record in the state in which i reside Uh-oh. i know you're a you're a sparty but I, I even with all those things going and i love his talent he just cannot stay exactly. healthy J- just and then the last bit of news we'll wrap it up with uh, some indiana love andrew luck not going to be limited with the calf injury that he missed most of OTAs with. Uh, this is pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Andrew Luck in that offense with Paris Campbell, with Devin Funches, with the whole band back together and starting the season healthy. Any, anything about Andrew Luck you want to share? Other
1: than he's awesome? No.
0: I, I'm, I'm sort of excited for
1: Devin Funches this year. As much as I dislike the dude for his college and his you know drops, I think he's sort of intriguing. I, I just picked up a share just because I want it, just in case. Just in case he gets those Ebron touchdowns, and it's not Ebron, I would like to reap the benefits and flip that boy as soon as it starts to happen.
0: I can see that. Uh, I have two words for you as it relates to Funchess: best ball. I have no, I have no interest in owning Funchess in any kind of like seasonal redraft league. If I have him on the back end of a dynasty roster, I'm hoping to milk as much of this season as I can out of him, and hopefully flip him and get, you know, Funches permanently out of my life somewhere around week eight yeah, or nine. Yeah, I'm flipping him while he's a Colt. I'm not letting it get to the offseason. Absolutely. His, his agent can only work so many miracles. They got him $15 million for one year in Indy. Uh, must be nice. he's, it, good. That boy's, he's like Johnny Cochran, too damn good at his job. I, I feel like Devin Funches only has two wishes left. One year with Andrew Luck for $15 million, <laughs> and the genie was like, all right, you... <laughs> and he's like, "What do you want me to do? Like, how do you want me to work this miracle?" I, I, you've only got two left. All right, so um, it's camp week. I, I I think we should go camping, Jerry. I got a little camping music for you. Oh, I'm excited!
1: Let's go camping. Let's go camping.
0: There you go, Jerry. That, that sounds like a a whack a mole at an <laughs> arcade. It was uh, it was the only sound bite that I could find that said "Let's go camping," but but dude, <laughs> let's go camping. This is some of the funnest time of the year. These are where a lot of those questions are going to be answered. Like, you know, I've referenced this one a couple of times. I want to see what Leonard Fournette weighs in at when we get to Jacksonville, you know, when they show up to camp. If he's, I'm hoping my man looks lean and mean out there on the mean streets of Jacksonville. But if he doesn't, I'll be looking to get out from under him. So I I, I wrote out a series of questions for Jerry and I. And I'm gonna take this first one and I'll let Jerry respond to me and then we'll, we'll talk about what, what, what Jerry's saying. My first question is what's the most important storyline of camp season for Dynasty? And my answer to that question is the Cleveland Browns. Some of the questions that I have about the Cleveland Browns for Dynasty is, can new head coach Freddie Kitchens keep this shit together? He has zero head coaching experience, not in high school, not in college, a, not in the professional level. That's kind of obvious. And now he's going to have to manage all these big egos. And you don't get to the level of an Odell Beckham, a Jarvis Landry, a Kareem Hunt, uh, Garrett. What's, um, the defensive end's name, Garrett, uh, uh, Miles, oh Miles, yeah, Garrett, Miles Garrett. Garrett, Miles Garrett. You don't, you don't get to a, a Denzel Ward. You don't get to the level of these guys, with all these first round picks and first round talents without having some ego. And how is that going to mesh? How is he going to hold that together? How are they going to navigate their, their schedule? They have got a brutal seven-game stretch to open the season. I talked about Tennessee earlier, how that's a very good defense. They're going to want to run the ball and punch you in the mouth and make the game ugly, and that's exactly who Cleveland is opens up with week one. I'm not saying that Tennessee can beat them, but Tennessee can beat them. Go back and rewatch watch last year's Tennessee versus Dallas or Tennessee versus New England games where Tennessee beat the brakes off of both of them. So don't think for one second that Tennessee can't go in there to Cleveland on week one and get this season started off in a bad way for Tennessee because Cleveland's getting everybody's best shot. That makes me nervous. Can Odell Beckham Jr. coexist with other legitimate studs around him. I know he had a 12 game season last year with Saquon Barkley. But how's he going to mesh with Baker? How's he going to mesh with Landry? I know they played college ball together and that's probably the least concerning. David and Joku, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Duke Johnson. I just don't see a, a world where Odell Beckham gets his 160 to 180 targets. And when he doesn't, if he's getting 120 Targets on the season is he is he pouting, is he being a dick, Jerry? What's my number one rule?
1: Don't be a dick.
0: Don't be a dick, and I'm not sure Odell Beckham can cannot break my my number one rule. So we'll <laughs> we'll see how this comes out. Other couple of questions I had is how does this backfield shake out? I think to start the season it's it's pretty simple. It'll be a lot of Nick Chubb. I believe that Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry aren't that different as uh, starting running backs this year. Uh, tremendous first and second down backs, big bruising thumpers, but they're, neither one of them are involved enough in the in the passing game. But for redraft, I can get Derrick Henry like two rounds later. So just something I'm kicking around. And then then what is Kareem Hunt's role when he comes back on, uh, I believe it's uh, November 1st is the date No uh, Kareem Hunt is eligible to come back. And my last question is, can Baker live up to the hype? Can he live up to all the off-season hype? Can he live up to... Uh, everything that that's been going on in both his personal and professional life, whether it's you know getting married, which he just did recently, adjusting to all these new teammates, the expectations of being a team with playoff aspirations, hanging out with my with my man Stone Cold Steve Austin for his new TV show, where they're riding go karts and raising all sorts of hell. I don't oh, know. Oh, oh yeah, I, I I I don't know. I just know that overall last year Baker was 20th in in fantasy in points per game at 16.9. Now, in fairness to Baker, uh, over the last 12 games, he averaged 18.1. And 18.1 points a game would have put him right in between QBs 12 and 13. So he would have been the 13th overall quarterback over the the last 12 games or so. so but even if he made that mark, Jerry, if, if Baker landed as QB 12, is that gonna satisfy guys who took him as QB 2? oh god no
1: now i could assume that he's going to do better with obj and now he's got the the stone cold boost which i didn't know about he might be my qb1 now i got a hard feeling that dude's going to meet adp well i I, I just can't but as far as like the rest of what you said i think it is the story of is freddy kitchen's going to hold this bad boy together this is a A hype machine of which Cleveland has only seen with LeBron James and LeBron James was was it the story and he could handle it just fine. Can all these different pieces handle it? You know, it's easy for one person to take control. The king can control a kingdom. But if you have a council, sometimes, you know, Rome
0: collapses when it's more than one person. Um, All right. You're getting way too smart for us. Uh, I I want to know what what is your most important question that that you're looking for this camp season?
1: You're at, it, it's not so much a, a question around one thing; it's around one one play group that I've you know I mentioned a few times. These potential first round running backs: Randy, Zeke's a bozo. You know he might sit out. Melvin Gordon might sit out. Who knows what Le'Veon's going to do in New York? Who knows if Todd Gurley is hurt? Is Christian McCaffrey going to see a regression, the, not going to get all those carries? You know, is Joe Mixon going to take the step forward? Is Dalvin Cook going to stay on the field? I, how many guys did I just name? And every single one of those guys could break your heart, redraft season and crush your dynasty hopes this year. It, there's, it, there's so many of these running backs that I just want to see these guys get through camp, it, you know, play for one, i sign your contracts and play preferably. And you know, do well, get going. Is David Johnson going to be the guy in Arizona that we all think he's going to be, or is it just going to be the Kyler Murray show? Is he going to be selfish and take that role and just be the guy there? We don't know. You know, I, I, I'm rooting for David Johnson. I think David Johnson is going to be the guy, but you know, yeah, we'll see. And that's, that's what makes this part of the season so fun.
0: It is a land mine field I will tell you, out of all the guys you mentioned, you didn't mention Alvin, didn't mention Alvin Kamara. True. Can, can, can he handle uh, the bigger workload and can he sustain it over the course of an entire season? We saw it last year while Mark Ingram was suspended. But out of all those guys that you mentioned, I will tell you that I have, uh, and we'll call it the the outlaw cons- you know confidence rating. I would be most confident in Barkley, followed by Kamara. Yep. And then Christian McCaffrey would be a close third, yep. just just based on b- volatility. I don't know. And then,
1: how... then you have to go Zeke just based on, you know, opportunity if, and if he's there, he's going to get opportunity. But, you know, is, is he going to be there?
0: Well, another question that, that I, I ask of both of us is, what question do you need answered the most from camp? And, and for me, that's who's the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, too. Uh, I think a lot of people want it to be Deontay Johnson, the rookie they drafted I believe in the third round. is it James Washington so you got Washington and Johnson or is it the the free agent they brought in and Dante Moncrief? And the reason why this is such a highly highly interesting issue for me is because there are 226 targets up for grabs <laughs> from, from, from last year's Steelers and and even if Juju gets up into that 180, 200 target range that still leaves about 180 to 200 targets left I think Vance McDonald will see a big increase but can't a guy like Dante Moncrief with uh we, we've seen Dante Moncrief with a highly functioning quarterback before and Andrew Locke did he, did he do well with Jacoby Brissett and Blake Bortles the last two years no and you wouldn't either and don't think that you don't, don't think that you would but but this is one that I will be really monitoring. Something I've always done. I keep a quote unquote burner account. It's just an account under my real name, not Memphis or at DFF Memphis, and I follow all the beat reporters, all the ESPN reporters for every NFL team, and I just go through every day and I scroll through my my newsfeed and I just read up on you know what beat reporters are saying, what coaches are saying. I'll be watching the games because if, if you answer this question correctly as early as possible in the process, you're going to have both a very productive piece for your dynasty teams, and you're going to have a very flippable piece for your dynasty teams. If, if Moncrief hits a little bit, and you get into week four, five, six, he's someone that if he's, you know, producing, as he did back in the day with Indy, you might be able to get out from under him and sell off at a, at a, at a profit or at least get out from under whatever you bought him for a few years ago. So that's the question that I need answered the most from these camps. Jerry, what question do you need answered the most?
1: I like that question for the record. Um, because that has been such a productive role throughout Ben Roethlisberger's career, you know, Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith. I mean, it just goes on and on. The question I have is what is Damian Williams role actually going to be? Is he actually going to be the guy, or is that going to be a 50-50? Now, don't love Damian Williams. We have talked about how neither of us really love Damian Williams. But if Damian Williams is the guy for 16 games for the Kansas City Chiefs, Damian Williams can win you leagues. Period. Exclamation point. Whatever punctuation you want to use. Just because of the role that he is in. So I, I want to see it. I want to see those preseason. I want to see that third preseason game. And, you know, you're going to have leagues where that's not an opportunity. But in those that you do, that's the game I'm circling that week because I want to see it. If that's going to be a 60-40 split, a 50-50 split, you know, I will continue the same narrative I've been going on that I will probably not have him. If Carlos Hyde comes off the bench and has six carries and maybe two catches, you know, maybe Damian Williams slips to the beginning of the fourth and I scoop that bad boy up so fast. Maybe he may, you know, it's Damian Williams. It's one of those polarizing situations in fantasy football that you just have to pay attention to, especially with someone that has not shown a great history of being good very short term. But if he can continue it, oh, baby, you and Trophy Smack will have a date at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, and I've taken plenty of liberties at both Damian Williams' track record and talent. But I will say this for Mr. Williams. Head coach Andy Reid recently confirmed that he is the guy. He's earned the opportunity. And if you go back and look at Andy Reid's career, his track record, and it's not like a a Sean McVay who's only been a head coach for a few years. Andy Reid has been a head coach in the National Football League almost two decades, right at 20 years. And he, Since the nineties? Holy hell. Since the nineties We've got listeners that were not born That's okay. when Andy Reid was still a head coach. You know, but, but they still have the the Googles and the YouTube videos of what Andy Reed was coaching, you know, even way back, you know, but before he was a head coach. But he has always been, I don't want to say a bell cow running back head coach, but he usually has one guy that gets the majority of the work. And so far, it's come out of the Offensive coordinator Eric Biennemi's mouth. It's come out of Andy Reid's mouth. It came out of the general manager's mouth during the offseason. And if his track record holds true, I will say Damian Williams could be a, a worthy addition in your redraft leagues. I'm not buying him in Dynasty. Ain't no way. Uh, uh-uh, Get the hell out of here. You can't make me. Mm-mm. But in a redraft league, you bet. If, you, if, if, if you're drafting late in the first round, and you wind up getting a Devontae Adams or a DeAndre Hopkins, and, and you want to you know get your your RB1, quote-unquote, locked up in round two, and you want to take a big swing at Damian Williams, knock yourself out because there's no long-term commitment. I would highly recommend in some of those later rounds picking up a Carlos Hyde. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There are a lot hell of a lot worse situations out there in the NFL than being the number one running back for an Andy Reid offense, especially one that's surrounded with Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. So That team
1: is stupid good. Good and, job. And,
0: and here's the thing. Here's the thing that people haven't mentioned a bunch. That defense got worse. Mm-hmm. They they traded one of their best linebackers to the uh, 49ers. They did trade for the guy from Seattle. So I don't think that defense got a whole lot better. So there's going to be a need. I think you could see a lot more shootouts, as crazy as that sounds with Kansas City. Uh, the other question that I asked going into camp is what new offense, because there, there were several new offenses with new OCs or new head coaches that are gonna change. There's Miami, there's the Jets, Jacksonville's got a new OC, Denver's got a new OC, obviously Cleveland, Cincinnati, Arizona's a big one, Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians. So there's a lot of them, but the one that I'm most interested to see is the New York Jets with Adam Gase. I know the guy's a knucklehead. I I laid out some pretty nice Adam Gase stats on this past week's Patreon edition of the Dynasty Warzone. but this Jets team last year, the offense was terrible. They were 25th in passing yards. They were 26th in passing TDs. They were 26th in rushing yards. They were 23rd in rushing TDs. You you see why the previous head coach and regime got fired. And we make fun of Mr. Mr. Adam Gase, but go, go go do some research or, you know, if you're too lazy or don't want to do the research, just become a Patreon, you know, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. We'll hook it up. We, uh, we talked about Mr. Gase in my Sam Darnold trade. That's the one that I want to see because I, I'm deeply invested in Sam Darnold. I'm deeply invested in Robbie Anderson and Chris Herndon, our three Jets that I own shares of. Ironically, no Lev Bell. Jerry, what offense are you most interested to, new offense? Are you most interested in seeing? And uh, what about my Jets, Love Bell, Adam Gay, Sam Darnold take?
1: I think that's all fair. But I think the listeners of the Warzone already knew you were picking the Jets because you do love yourself some Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, and Chris Herndon. Mine is the Arizona Cardinals for, I think, some obvious reasons. For one, you have the number one pick, Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray. You bring in really... Probably the most prolific offensive coach from the NCAA in Cliff Kingsbury. You know, you have David Johnson, you drafted three wide receivers, plus you have Larry Fitzgerald and a second round pick in Christian Kirk from 2017. You know, that is the team that I want to see. I I will be watching the hell out of them in the preseason which is a far cry from what we saw last year. I want to see if Andy Isabella is a guy. I want to see if Hakeem Butler is what I thought he was when I was doing my prospect scouting. I want to see if Kyler Murray is worth that number one pick. You traded a quarterback that you took in the first round of 2017, and you went all in on Kyler Murray. I want to see that. I want to see if Cliff Kingsbury you know, is is going to be this guy or if he's going to be Chip Kelly. Is he going to be what you know Chip Kelly was? He was the new wave. He was the hotness that was going to change the NFL, and that dude lasted, what, three years? How long was he in San Francisco? One. They gave him one year, and they went, nah, we're good. So Arizona, I think, is super interesting, and we'll know pretty quickly what we got. We either have something that is a grand slam, or we're going to have you know a ground out with that offense.
0: It's going to be interesting, but I think no matter what, they're going to put up stats because I don't think the defense got much better in the off-season. Their previous head coach was a defensive guy, didn't do a lot with that that side of the ball. Patrick Peterson's going to miss time due to suspension. I think this is a team that not only do they want to play fast and break the record for the number of plays per game, but I think this is a team that's going to be behind. And when you're behind, you got to put the ball in the air, and I think that's nothing but fantasy goodness. So, I I can dig that to most so so now I want to I want to transition this conversation to rookies, and we want to talk about four different rookies from four different days. We got day one rookies, day two rookies, day three rookies, and undrafted free agent. My day one rookie that I uh, I need to see in camp, and I want to see how he's going to be used in a couple of preseason games is Josh Jacobs. I've mentioned this before. I love how head coach John Gruden used Cadillac Williams way back in the day when they were in Tampa Bay. And it was came out on Roto World this past couple of days that Jalen Richard looks to have a lot of his passing work cut back due to the arrival of rookie Josh Jacobs. I'm all in on Jacobs. I'm a big fan. He's my day one rookie that I've got to see. Uh, got him in the Scott Fishbowl. He's my RB2. Very excited to have Mr. Jacobs. It's my only share. Did not manage to get any dynasty shares of... Josh Jacobs but but who is your day one guy and uh, do you like Jacobs
1: yeah I like Jacobs and you know I got the other obvious choice for day one Nikhil Harry you know is he going to show up because you need to make plays pretty early and pretty often with Tom Brady otherwise you will be Jonas Gray now not as not as fast and quick as Jonas Gray was that's an overreaction but in that same mold you know, this is not a guy that plays games. He is there to win Super Bowls and nothing else. Julian Edelman makes those big plays. The catch in the Super Bowl was stupid, outrageous. I It, it baffled my mind, and it's because he does that over and over and over again that Tom Brady looks for him, and I want to see Nikhil Harry do that. You were taken in the first round. You were, you know, Devi guys have loved you since you walked onto the field at Arizona State. You ended up going in the first round to the greatest quarterback that has played the game. I need to see you make big plays in the end zone. I need you to take what Gronk did and do that on the outside.
0: Uh, I can can dig it. Uh, I will be buying in kill Harry next year this time when he disappoints owners that took him with a high rookie pick this year. I just don't see it his rookie year. I think it's still going to be a lot of Edelman, a lot of James White, Josh Gordon potentially could be back. I don't know. Ma- maybe he carves himself out a little bit of a role. But I want to talk about my day my day two guy. And my day two guy also resides in the NFC East. Uh, you know, we talked about Marshawn Lynch getting cut, but Jerry, you know what they always say? Put the cream rise to the top. And I think the cream that's gonna rise to the top is gonna be Devin Singletary. I think he takes over this backfield. I, I mentioned it earlier. They're going to want to mix these three guys in. Do I think he's better than LaShawn McCoy was a handful of years ago? Nope. Do I think he's better than LaShawn McCoy is now? Yep. I I think he's a better fit for what they're wanting to do in Buffalo. And you want to see what you got. You invested a third round pick in this guy. That's That's a day two pick. So I'm all about Devin Singletary. That should be obvious. Jerry, who is your day two rookie that you want to talk about?
1: David Montgomery, another running back. You know, David Montgomery is a dude... That I really think is going to be the best rookie outside of Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray wins rookie of the year. I think David Montgomery helps your fantasy teams more. He's a dude, he just he sort of reminds me of Le'Veon Bell in the way that he can spin off a guy. He can break a tackle with brute force. He can juke him out. He can stiff arm. He's just a guy that has a wide repertoire of weapons to use to make a guy miss. And in the same way that Le'Veon Bell doesn't have that explosive long speed, that can just get around you. He uses his body and his moves to break tackles. And that's what I love about David Montgomery. And he's in, you know, he's in a division with not the best defenses in the world. You now he gets to play the Detroit lions twice a year. He gets to play the green Bay Packers twice a year. I think he's going to show out. I love David Montgomery this year. And if he's the dude, if it's not, you know, if Mike Davis is not the guy and he's what he has been his whole career really, just sort of a spell guy, I think David Montgomery is going to be something for the next, you know, two, three years. Sort of in that I don't want to say Jordan Howard Mould, because I I I like David Montgomery a lot, but in that sense that he will be a back end RB one for the next couple of years.
0: I don't always want to agree with my co host, so I'm not going to. I disagree. I I think that we're uh, underestimating the value of Tariq Cohen's role in this offense. I think we're underestimating that Mike Davis was good enough to keep first-round draft pick Rashad Penny on the bench in Seattle. And I think it's going to be more of a committee-based offense there in the shy. And based on that, I will not own any David Montgomery in redraft. I already have none in dynasty, and again, I had the good fortune to hang out with Nick this week, and he's a big Bears fan, and he's been watching Montgomery for years. He doesn't love the fit, he doesn't love Montgomery. Does not make it uh, gospel or truth? But it's just no. One... What I say is truth. Yeah, absolutely. Jerry, <laughs> Jer, remember, remember Jerry's motto: He'll tell you the truth one time. He will lie to you. That's the truth. He will lie to you. Uh, but no, I'm just a lot of I, maybe I want to see it, and that's why we're talking about we want to see it in camp. Uh, Day three, day three guy I want to talk about is Tony Pollard. Now, this is a guy that I've been trying to get some shares of. You you would hear more about Tony Pollard if at Memphis he wasn't behind a guy named Daryl Henderson, who was a damn good running back in his own right. Uh, This guy's a pass catcher deluxe. I mean, just a really, really good pass catcher. Go look at his stat profile from college as a receiving back. And this is something that Dallas wanted to bring in to mix in with Zeke. But this guy's got the physical size to handle those first down, second down rushing attempts if Zeke were to actually hold out. He's six foot, he's 210 pounds. That's a good size, very good pass catcher. He's very intriguing. He's a guy that before this Zeke news boils anymore. If you want to go out there and you want to take some cheap shots at Tony Pollard, that's a guy. Maybe you haven't heard a lot about him, but if you haven't and you can get him cheap, from an owner slipping, not paying attention, that's a guy I'm looking to nab. What about you, Jerry? Uh, for one, I like Tony Pollard
1: a lot for all the reasons you said. But also, not only was he you know, hamstrung by Daryl Henderson there, Patrick Taylor, they're running back now, is a guy that's like Derrick Henry but can also do some pass catching. He's a big, monstrous dude. They had a three-headed backfield that was just fierce, And Tony Pollard shined every time I saw him on the field, so I love that take. I love Tony Pollard as a stash too. Uh, My guys, Hakeem Butler, and maybe it's because I'm stubborn and I just love the dude coming out. Maybe it's because I'm sort of buying the Kyler Murray offense. That's why I talked about him earlier. I want to see him because I think they can really be something. I think that I don't think that team's going to win because I don't think Cliff Kingsbury can win in the NFL but I think that offense is going to be in situations where they produce big yards. And I think Hakeem Butler is a person that when David Johnson gets you seven yards on first down, it's second and three and you go for the the play action bomb down the sideline, Hakeem Butler can make that play. And if he can do that a couple times a game, you are looking at something that is so wonderful. I loved that dude as a prospect. Give me Hakeem Butler. Every time he's he's my he's my guy. Andy Isabella is good. He's quick. He's fast. He can make plays. G- give me the big, giant, fast guy that can make plays in the red zone. That's what I want
0: to see. I I can dig that. I'm I'm not as high on Butler as you are, but but you're not he's, Hakeem he's, Bustler like yeah. Matt uh, Matt Kelly, the pod father. Yeah, he calls him Hakeem Bustler. I think it's a funny name. The upside I see for Butler is that you know he had some developing to do and i love the fact that he's going to get to spend the next uh the next at least year with larry fitzgerald a true pro yeah and he had pros.
1: dropsies he had a little little case of butterfingers and if there's one dude that can help you cure butterfingers
0: larry ballgame baby well my my undrafted free agent rookie that i i'm keeping an eye on is preston williams i've got him in, in, in a uh, lot of okay. leagues he's he's a good sized fella and Miami has 106 vacated targets out there. That doesn't mean a lot because Miami's one of those teams that got a new offense. They got offensive coordinator uh, Chad O'Shea, who spent the last decade ish up in New England with Josh McDaniel and the Patriots. Uh, but I mean, who, who's he competing with? This was a guy that was very highly thought of by Matt Waldman, a guy that was thought to have been you know a day one to day two, product you know coming out of Colorado State he has some of that knucklehead factor about him not a metrics marvel but I mean just look at the guys he's competing with Kenny Stills bleh I mean at this point in his career like he's like going into year seven double bleh Devonte Parker going into year five bleh 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 Albert Wilson can't stay healthy you know I'm going for any piece of this Miami offense I'm going for Kenyon Drake Mike Gesicki, Preston Williams Probably not Preston Williams in like a redraft format, but in Dynasty in like the late round, fourth, fifth, if you haven't done your rookie yet, write that name down. Preston Williams uh, as someone to keep an eye on. Jerry, who is your UDFA? You sneaky devil.
1: It was Preston Williams. I'm going to go with your guy though. We'll, We'll go Bruce Anderson, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for all the things that you have been standing atop a mountain screaming about before. All he's got is Rojo and Peyton Barber. And I know, I know me and you are both on the Peyton Barber train. He's, he's an unsexy guy, but he's got the role and he's good. And we don't really trust the Rojo. You know, that, that hype is, you know, here's your, here's your chance muscle man. Yeah. You put on some weight. Let's see you do something with it. But if he doesn't Bruce Anderson, the dude at North Dakota state, that dude looked good. He was a good pass catcher. He was good runner. He was productive. And, you know, we can say North Dakota State is an FCS school, but that is about as dominant as an FCS school as you can want. You could, you know, you play against Miami of Ohio or anybody else, and they're going to have better talent than them. So I don't I don't want to hear any of that. We're going to talk about Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson played against some bad talent too, but everyone wants to go so far up that dude they can see a T-bone steak. If you've seen Tommy Boy, you know that reference.
0: I, I will just say this as it relates to Bruce Anderson. I am a big fan. And the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sent a very large contingent of scouts and player personnel type folk up to his pro day. And again, Bruce Arians uses a pass catching running back. And Bruce Anderson has not played an NFL down, but he's not played that many less than than Rojo. And I can already tell you, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a cheap shot. Hey, I, I, it was, but it was a deserved cheap shot. That's to, where we're at with it. To know me is to love me. And, but, but he's already a better pass catcher than, than Rojo. So why wouldn't you want the guy that could end up being by uh, midseason? Now, he's not a guy that I am drafting in redraft leagues unless, you know, he happens to be there in like the 15th, 16th round, and I've already taken a defense and kicker, which would never in any shape, form, or universe happen. But that's where I'd be looking to draft Bruce Anderson, just because he's a backup. But he's going to be a backup in what should be a pretty good offense. So I want to wrap this up with one last question each, and we'll take this one home as we're right around that magic uh, one-hour mark. And that is, what new teammates are you most excited to see work together? For me, this is pretty easy. This is Deshaun Jackson and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz last year was the seventh most accurate deep ball quarterback in the NFL Per 247 sports.com. And Deshaun Jackson had seven catches of thirty or more yards, and he caught 41 balls last year for 774 yards. That's 18.1 yards a catch. I know the Scott Fishbowl draft is over, but this is why I was proactively trying to get Deshaun Jackson. He's only got to catch one or you know, two or three balls a game, and you could get that five-point bonus in the Scott Fishbowl scoring system. I think Deshaun Jackson will have wide receiver three uh value that could give you wide receiver two even wide receiver one weeks I love him for best ball with Carson Wentz so this is the tandem that I want to see working with together and I think Deshaun Jackson will be pulling safeties out of the box and I think the uh the news of the demise of Zach Ertz have been greatly overstated as this guy gets more and more linebacker matchups because more and more safeties have to help double team and keep an eye on Deshaun Jackson because he's still a damn good deep threat, I think you're going to continue to see Zach Ertz feast. But back to Deshaun Jackson, I'm really excited to see what him and Wentz can do. Jerry, who is your new set of teammates that you're excited to see work together? Did you take the cheap way out? Well, oh, hold on. Who's the cheap way? Baker and OBJ.
1: No, I did not. Oh. I actually, I actually thought about OBJ and Jarvis Landry to be teammates again, but no. Derek Carr and Antonio, Mr. Big Checks Brown. Listen, are is are we gonna see the Antonio Brown of the Ben Roethlisberger era, the guy who has been wide receiver one or two for what since Obama's first term? You know, he's been arguably the most dominant wide receiver in the NFL lately. Is he going to do that? Is Derek Carr going to pepper that dude until we get it? Or is Derek Carr going to be a big old S-word? Is he going to do that? That's what I want to see, Randy. Because if if Antonio Brown is the same Antonio Brown that he has been, he is being criminally underdrafted, and he is being ungodly disrespected. But the risk is real, and that's why I want to see that. Real fast, because you're you're going to know how that is. Is he going to just be what Amari Cooper was? And is it Derek Carr's fault that that's what that situation was? It's, it's Derek Carr and Antonio Brown, because I feel like the outcomes for Antonio Brown are drastically different. That dude, he could be at 800 yards, or he could be at 1,400. That's what I want to see, because he does not have a lot of competition to catch passes, in my opinion. I think he is tears and tears above his his second you know tier of guys
0: i i love that call and antonio brown i think his adp for redraft is currently in the third round i don't know that i want antonio brown at his age i don't know if Derek henry no i know i know derrick henry won't be i don't know if Derek carr will be the quarterback of the raiders this time next year but Antonio Brown's the kind of guy that you're going to get in the third round of your redraft leagues. He's either going to be your wide receiver two behind a guy like Juju or DeAndre Hopkins, and maybe you you've got a, you, your first three picks could be something of, this is not crazy to think, Jerry. You could go like Devontae Adams in the first, back of the first, then you turn around and you add a James Conner or Dalvin Cook in the second, and then wind up with an Antonio Brown in the third. That's a hell of a way to start redrafting. I don't think think that's
1: crazy at all. I think that's about right.
0: I I, I think that will happen. See, this is why I like drafting in the middle for redraft. You don't get those huge swings of talent. And I know people like drafting on the turns. I'm not one of those people. But we're going to get into all that redraft stuff as we get deeper into the season, guys. It's here. Uh, You know, I could sing you a Christmas carol, but it's more like a football Christmas carol. It's the most wonderful time of the year so there you go jerry a little singing voice we'll sing. of the angels ah uh, yeah the dead ones all right so on behalf of jerry i am memphis and we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football if you need anything hit us up on twitter at dff memphis at jerry dff at dynasty warzone on ig and twitter and hit us up thanks for checking it out we'll see you right back here next week thanks guys